Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says, yo. Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Shack, the weekly Nintendo show on the PSVG network of podcasts. Tonight we record episode 161, featuring very special guest from Game Explain, Andre Seegers. We're going to chat all about Age of Calamity and much, much more, but before we get there, let me thank those that support the show over at patreon.com slash PSVG. So thank you, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh, the Bonesaw Borboni. Chris McElfresh, Devin Tyus, Kyle Heyman, Michael Masick, The Action, Zach Bradshaw, Nick Farhaber, Paul Calicote, Rude Days 93, Rob Emanuel, Grouchy Surge, and Ben Moxham. Joining me in the Nintendo Shack as they do each and every week is our own Rebecca, the Forest Minish, as well as Hello? the blandest of explosions. Hello. Garrett. How are you guys? Pretty good. This Can't has complain. felt like a long week and it's only Tuesday. I know. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, we get, we're recording early to get everything out in front of Thanksgiving, Turkey Day. Um, mm-hmm. I know me at work trying to get off, trying to get done with work so I can just take a few days off. That'd be, that'd be great, much, much welcomed. And uh, we had a Zelda game come out. That's that's yeah. always super exciting, which is why we brought in the special guest, The Ringer, Andre from Game Explain. Um, so, dude, one, thanks for, for coming by the Nintendo Shack. I... I've watched Game Explain as I men- as I imagine many many Nintendo fans have for many many years, and I was hook line and sinker Game Explain during the Wii U era in an entire generation where it felt like you guys were one of the only folks that were really providing comprehensive coverage. I imagine I can't be alone with that, so I got to ask you, what's with the PlayStation videos? Can we stop with that? Like they don't have enough people covering them now. Who invited our comments section to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, but for reals, thanks for coming by the show, man. It's a, it's an honor to have you here in the Nintendo Shack, and uh, I'm very very excited to talk Age of Calamity. But uh, before we do get into any of the Age of Calamity spoiler stuff, it's going to be spoiler free. We're not going to talk about any of the stories, um, elements, or anything like that. Not all of us have beaten the game. We're all at different places, so feel comfortable, safe to listen to. We're not going to do any of that. But before we get into that, does anybody have any uh, questions for Andre or anything that you want to chat about? Um, I would just be interested in Andre talking a little bit about um, kind of the process of starting Game Explain. I know you've probably talked about that a lot in the past, but then also Game Explain has been going through a lot of changes recently. If you want to talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have talked about uh, starting Game Explain a fair amount, especially since we just had our 10th anniversary this year, which is uh, wild to me. Wow. Um, Yeah. What a year to have our 10th anniversary in 2020. What a great year it's been. (laughs) So I guess, yeah, just to start things off, you know, I was excited to do my own thing. I felt like there was a gap in Nintendo coverage before Game Explain. I'd worked at outlets like um, IGN and GameSpot. And, you know, they they did great work. But I felt like there was a niche not being filled by them for the hardcore Nintendo gamer. And I realized, like, when I was writing the articles that I wrote for those websites, I'm like, I mean, I want to do even more of this. Like, I feel like there's more that can be done with Nintendo. So, basically, Game Explain just ended up being basically what my version of what I thought IGN or GameSpot could be if they were geared toward a Nintendo audience. 
um, you know, with our own spin as well, of course. Uh, but, you know, lots of inspiration from my work history and, you know, putting our own twist on things. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, pretty rough going initially. I burned through my entire life savings over the course of two years trying to get things started. Uh, then luckily I started paying off um, because apparently, well, before I started paying off, you know, in hindsight, starting during the Wii U era, essentially, was perhaps not the best idea. But I think I, that, that's also why credit with our success. It's because no one no one else was covering Nintendo. So even though the market share was smaller, there wasn't any competition, really. I um, mean, you know, the big sites would cover the main games, of course, and your Marios and your Zeldas or whatever Marios and Zeldas there were during that period. Uh, but there was a lot of smaller content that was being ignored or even in-depth content about those games that just, you know, there was a big gap. So I think with us filling in during that time period, it just kind of gave a lot of people, you know, a place to go to where they could hear like-minded individuals give their opinions and thoughts about all Nintendo games. So yeah, that's uh, how we got started. You know, things have been uh, going pretty well. And then uh, this year happened, 2020. And, uh, and I guess, you know, I guess with me just wanting to leave 2020 behind, it took that to an extreme. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so basically, I think what, what ended up happening this year is, yeah, we've had a bit of staff turnover, uh, partially because I think what's happening now is people who have been with Game Explained for years, some of which uh, the greater part of a decade, basically are where, at, where I was at 10 years ago myself, where I wanted to do my own thing, um, you know, wanted to you know, spread my wings, try out you know, my own content and make something work. And I think, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, and I think they're looking at exploring the same kind of terrain now. So we have a whole new crew here, basically, you know, some new staff members who have filled in excellently during these times during what was a uh you know pretty you know the fourth quarter is always a tricky season to <laughs> come into a new uh new group new crew new website uh or you know to join a website rather or youtube channel and yeah it's been going great though uh, tris handled our age of calamity review which thank god that we now had time for it and uh yeah, so it's been going. It's been going well. So it's you know, it, change is always a little bit scary, but it's also really exciting at the same time. And I'm really looking forward to what we have coming up for the next year. As we actually do leave 2020 behind, we're going to try some new things. We're rebooting the podcast. We're doing a whole lot. As you can see, I'm actually this is a world premiere of the new green screen we got. <laughs> which, in hindsight, I should put a Zelda background. So I'm already screwing things up. <laughs> Um, I can uh, empathize a little bit. Uh, we've got a quite a big team over here at PSVG ourselves. Um, I think we're about 15 deep now and we've had several folks come and go uh, as they come through and we're not, obviously we're not a paying gig either. So for us, it's gotta be much, much harder to find folks. So if I may try to get a peek behind the corner, what it is, what is it that you look for in, in folks? Oftentimes, um, when I reach out for folks, even Garrett and Rebecca, like I wanted to record with them beforehand. I wanted to get an actual kind of a feel for for what they would bring to the table and how we would, you know, communi- communicate that chemistry that we'd have on air together. And I've done the same thing for Xbox show. Um, do you guys do anything like that? Or, or do you just kind of do you look for folks that are already doing stuff like Rebecca already have a streaming channel that are already doing things or already have a Twitter following? Yeah, so it's been a little bit different this time because in the past we were just kind of like a Katamari ball where we just kind of like absorbed people by rolling into them. <laughs> like, that sounds like just, us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was all like it was all pretty natural up until recently. Not that it was unnatural, just I would say it was more professional how we went about things um, more recently, where we actually posted a, an official job opening, which uh, went from what was planned to be one initially up to three. So I uh, effectively hired three people at the same time and. That was a very different process because in the past it was more like, you know, we collaborated with people and then they just kind of like naturally became a bigger part of the channel. And this time it's like, we need people pretty soon. <laughs> um, how are we going to you know go about this? So we had hundreds of applicants going through all those was uh, 
quite the experience, and it was very interesting to be on. I've never officially been on this side of the hiring process. I mean, sure. obviously, I've been, you know, we've had people join Gaming Explain, but we've never had the official interview thing until now. And it is, it's a little bit weird being on this side of things, you know, in that I honestly felt bad for how many people were applying and were excited to work for us. I was like, man, I wish we had like a couple hundred positions open. Because well, it's got to be really flattering, right? Like you stepped out is. on your own, you were doing this own thing, and then you get to sit back and you're like, look at all these people that want to join this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's absolutely humbling. Like it's some it's 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 nice. I mean, it's nice and weird sometimes to be reminded of what of what Game Explain is because it's easy to forget that too. Like you know, I work from home. Uh, you know, I have this green screen as you can see. Like I don't see a whole lot of people during the workday, and uh, it's easy to forget that we are reaching a fairly you know fairly sizable audience and seeing how many people like actively want to work for us is is really fun and humbling. Um, but it also sucks because you know I hate letting people down. And, uh, you know, especially how lengthy the process was, it was probably, I think it was a four month hiring process, figuring out who exactly mm-hmm. we're bringing on. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was cool and, you know, humbling at the same time. Uh, but to get back to the original question, what we were looking for is it was a few things. Um, one, we, uh, having a video history experience, you know, specific, specifically was gaming with gaming was a requirement. Like you had to have some kind of history involving games. So we can see what kind of content you've already made and, what kind of content you might be be capable of making? We had a lot of people who had worked in video and uh, you know clearly like knew what they were doing. But when it came to the gaming side, like we just didn't have time to make sure that they had the knowledge needed to you know either in terms of uh, the gaming sphere or when it came to making videos about it. That we had to just rely on gaming content they've already made. Like they had to hit the ground running pretty much in this position. Um, so yeah, we were looking for people who either had their own channel or contributed to other people's channels. Um, we didn't look for a, we didn't look for anything in the way of education. Um, you know, I myself never actually even went to college, so I think it's important for me at least to not make that a criteria. Uh, it was really more about like what you you know what you've taught yourself or what you or you know what you've learned rather. Sure. And if you taught yourself that, great. And yeah, it was just seeing what people were um, you know what people were capable of and how they presented themselves during the interviews if they were comfortable on camera, obviously. We expected them to be a little bit nervous during the during the interviews. I was too, actually. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just seeing people like you know they're, they're friendly, they'll get along with the crew, and making sure that they know their gaming history or gaming stuff at least, and that they're capable of making gaming videos. Uh, one of the people actually, uh, Tris, who I mentioned handled our Age of Calamity content. I actually used to compete with them on our analysis videos. They were over at Source Gaming making analysis videos too. And I heard they had one coming up for the for uh, the Origami King. I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> they make good videos. I've got I've got to try and beat them. And I think we ended up releasing our videos at the exact same time. But that required me staying up basically for like a 40 hour period to finish my oh, darn wow. video. Wow. So now I'm glad that we have them, so I don't have to compete with them anymore. Sure, <laughs> can't beat them, join them, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Cool. That's great. It is. Yeah. Really, it sounds really like it's good. been a. A smooth transition, and we're looking forward to seeing what Game Explain does uh, in the future. Thank yes, thank you, and same here. <laughs> Those analysis videos, man. I mean, you guys, even for mm-hmm. all the time that I've played Nintendo games, you guys catch so many Easter eggs and things that I've I never do when I'm watching trailers. Like I'm not looking in the corners of the screen <laughs> and stuff. You know, I'm just focused on Mario. I'm like, oh yeah, that picture is of Luigi's Mansion. I guess there is Luigi's Mansion coming. <laughs> I mean, it's, same here. Honestly, it's, the funny thing is, I'm actually probably like on my initial watch, I'm probably less of observing the most people it's one it's only when i go through frame by frame watch them hundreds of times backwards including that pick up on everything if during the initial playthrough i actually missed most of this or initial watch through i missed most of it <laughs> so i get it yeah that's 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 heavy work there for so, some folks mm. you watch those game explain videos and analysis videos that's six minutes watch all six minutes of it don't just skip by <laughs> the first True. 10 seconds it took a long time 
Um, all right, so let's get into the nitty gritty. We're here to talk about Age of Calamity. We've got a new Zelda game. It came out. Um, we got two questions. I think are a great way to start off the conversation. I really don't have any direction to go with this. We'll just start letting it go. See where it takes us. Emily uh, James, make sure I didn't write enemy. <laughs> says, what chapter are you up to in Age of Calamity? And then G-Man says, how are you feeling about the game's story so far? So I feel like it's a great way to start off. So if you don't mind, I'd like to kick us off. I've beaten the campaign. Um, I stayed up till midnight when it released. I played it till about four in the morning. Then uh, I had some comp time at work. So the next day I got started around noon and I played it till about three in the morning. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Um, Props to you for that. I was I was digging it. And uh, a few times in in my gaming time, like I will get that opportunity where I can just kind of play. I played Mario Rabbids Kingdom the basically the exact same way. Far Cry 5, I played almost the same way. Like once I get started on a game that I'm really kind of into, I'll just kind of play it straight through. And it also got a lot easier the once I started to maybe about 9 p.m. that night, I started to realize like I'm probably nearing the end of this campaign. So then it became, I'm just going to keep playing, right? Like at that point, it's like everything goes out the window. Let's keep playing. Um, so I will stay without without just going off on 20 minutes without anybody else getting in here. Um, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> the story is not the story that I wanted, but that doesn't mean it's okay. the story isn't good. I'll say that. Okay. And we'll get to you, Garrett. Mm. I am chap- I'm in chapter four right now so i just got i don't know how much story spoiler there is but there's the master sword right like you get the master sword spoilers garrett jeez <laughs> like come on darn it <laughs> i feel like the kui tecmo game is like okay we're gonna have to put master sword somewhere in this game <laughs> so the story i i mean i'm enjoying it so far it's keeping me intrigued i like um kind of the newer characters that are in this game um, I like the characters that I'm playing as well. Uh, basically, Impa is probably my favorite character to play so far. Um, the rest are just fine. They're just hard to manage. But Impa, there's a groove with her in, in each, of these, each of those matches that just clicks with me. So I'm really enjoying her. Um, I like the kind of just more of the conversations that's happening between the champions and also the main characters. Um, in this storyline so far, but yeah, not going in too much of the story. I'm it's keeping me intrigued. Basically, I want to see the end of it. What about you, Rebecca? I'm uh, I think a little tiny bit further than Garrett is. I think I finished chapter four. Um, I did the the level right after what you were talking about with the Master Sword, where we went to Akala region, which I realized I've been pronouncing wrong the entire time. <laughs> I've always been saying Akala region. Um, and I, I feel a lot of the same way as Garrett. Impa is also my favorite character to use right now. I feel like as interested I as I am in using the other characters and all the other four champions, I feel that I'm gravitating towards using her a lot. Um, I've just been leveling her up like crazy. Um, and yeah, same thing. I, I feel like the story is, um, it's still developing at this point, mm -hmm. but I am interested a lot in like these characters developing, seeing a little bit of like what their homeland was like during the 100 years before Age of Calamity. Uh, the little baby guardian is absolutely stealing the show for me yep. so far. Every single scene that, that he's in, I'm just about to <laughs> cry, <laughs> like how cute he is. He's the adorable comic relief he of the story. Really he really is. is. He really is. Um, so I'm 
still nervous about where that's going to go in the story because we haven't really had anything else happen with him yet where I'm at. Andre. Gotcha. Okay, I have to be careful here that I don't spoil anything because I'm all the way to chapter two in this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I haven't played every character yet. I've I've played in the, the core cast plus, uh, or core cast, I mean, Link, Impa, and Zelda. Mm-hmm. And I've also played as Rivali now. I think Rivali mm-hmm. might be, if not my favorite, right up there with probably Link. Um, I like Rivali because being able to fly around and he literally just throws bombs at people with like a gust of wind. I respect the hell out of that. So and you can do that, like that that tap X, and you can just kind of keep swooping, and you can just chain them over and over again. And it's it's crazy, kind of OP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, he seems really good. Yeah, uh, and then I like Link just because I like seeing how they they took his moveset from a link or from a link from a breath of the wild and put it into a warriors game. I like seeing, you know, how his runes now work. And that's the case for every character too. But link was the one, of course, we, we the only one who played as in breath of the wild. So it's fun to see how they updated them. And I do like how he just chucks bombs. I've got a thing with bombs with this game, apparently, but I love how he just chucks them at enemies. And yeah. uh, that's pretty great. Not a huge fan of his um, special ability with the bow and arrow, but otherwise I think him and Rivali are my current favorites, followed by probably Impa as well. I played a lot as Mifa and uh, Link myself. I, I definitely noticed, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it's a traditionalist in me. I just kind of kept going back to Link outside of the, the chapters where they kind of force you to play as other people. I just kind of kept playing as Link as a Zelda game. It's kind of <laughs> what you do. I, <laughs> I kept, uh, you know, so I, I put most of my levels there. I really like how Mifa has the healing yeah, that comes yeah. in handy and yeah. she can heal the other characters too. She's so I always very try to bring her along. Regard. And her spear mm-hmm. is super fast. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed, uh, I played one chapter uh, co-op with Jack and I played as me okay. and Jack played as, as Link. Uh, Jack by himself has already beaten the game himself. He beat the uh, campaign earlier this morning. Huh. So uh, he's, he's ahead of he's all of us. He's a gamer. Let me tell <laughs> you. He's right on my. He was. Uh, he was right on my heels. And a, a big part of why I kept playing it is that um, that Friday when I started playing, he kept coming down periodically throughout the day, and he'd be like, "Where are you?" And he'd see, Aww. and he'd run back upstairs, and like, "Oh man, this kid's on my tail." Your son's after your <laughs> reputation, man. He's out to get me. <laughs> he, he should be the one. Andrew, on this we, we keep joking exactly. that we're gonna. Kick Donnie off and then get Jack on a show. The show, yeah, the show would be better for former game explainer Jack Reese. Um, all right, so I had some comments that I shared in the Discord that I like to start with. Um, but before mm-hmm. we, before I get there, I, I want to say I think it'd be best to start with the things that you're really enjoying about the game so far. Um, so often it can be very easy to get all nitpicky, right, and get very negative on the things the game's not doing for you. Um, and I've got a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some of the things that I think the game is doing well um, that I want to highlight first. Um, I really love the cutscenes in this game. They are tremendous, actually, in a way that most of the Breath of the Wild cutscenes weren't. I say most, not all. But most, um, I think the cutscenes, especially with all the voice actors um, together, I think they really they just I don't know, like they feel like they spring to life in a mm-hmm. way that I don't remember the first set of the cutscenes doing. And I think maybe just because they're they're longer, I, uh, there's a little bit more meat on these cutscenes bones. And mm-hmm. even though I'm I am upset, I want to say I am upset that the story isn't what I wanted because I, I feel like that's a a fair claim to have. The acting and, the, and like the twists that they take the story in, like it it softens that that anger a little bit you know like where i come in like oh this isn't what i want but it's still kind of very good so you know i really like that and that's a big part of why i kept playing like having that that carrot on the end of the stick like man if i can get to the end of this chapter if i get to the end of this mission i would get another cutscene, get to see something else and the fact of having a more linear story being told to us as opposed to everything out of 
out of order. One of the things I was going to say about this game is I appreciate how much Breath of the Wild this game is from the map to the fonts to the sound effects to the environments to the costumes like it's very Breath of the Wild. It really could fool you. Right. And it's that's great, right? For all of us that love it and wanting the next one like this is a great thing to tie this over. There was a part of me though that once I got into the missions and I started seeing the structure I was like ah, oh, they're following the Breath of the Wild structure a little bit too much it's a little bit too much mm. like Breath of the Wild I wanted the prequel to Breath of the Wild right as opposed to like you know here you are you're gonna get started now you're gonna get your all four guardians you're gonna do each one of the guardian missions right like it was I was kind of wanting it to maybe go in a different direction or tell something new it's kind of bittersweet right let's like, I understand the nostalgia of it I appreciate a lot because I'm familiar with it. I understand it, it evokes that nostalgic fe- uh, that feeling. But at the same time, I really, really wanted a Breath of the Wild prequel story, something completely different that, you know, that kind of fleshes this out. Um, so in, in those regards, the cutscenes really tie together and bring that forward in a way that even though it kind of follows, there's a lot of parallels in both games, mm-hmm. the cutscenes kind of bring it forward to kind of change it up a bit for me. And the fact that I was getting this linear story, I'm really happy that I didn't complete the missions out of order and get the different memories out of order. I very much like the fact that they all played together, at least in my playthrough, everything you know, was smooth as rain fit together. Donnie, did you recruit the champions in the same order that you did the Breath of the Wild? I uh, did. Divine Beasts? On my mm. second playthrough, not my first playthrough. So my first playthrough was number two now. Yeah, because it was like on our return to Breath of the Wild that we did last year, I realized that had I, if I had known what I know now, I would have done them in a different order. So I did them in a different order where um, I actually started, um, I started in the desert and then I went to, uh, I did Rivali. And then Daruk, and then I finished with with the Zora's Domain, which is the first time I played it. I actually think I almost did it in the opposite order. So, um, but in that regard, the cutscenes are great. The Breath of the Wild feeling is really, really good. Andre, you mentioned mm-hmm. the runes and how much of that Breath of the Wild combat they bring into the game to make you feel, you know, like you're playing it. It's just, just fantastic. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm very much the same way with uh, the cutscenes. I feel like that's easily the best part for me because you guys know I'm not really a huge fan of the warrior-style gameplay itself. Like, it's just a lot of the same thing over and over. I I get the appeal of it. It's very easy to just kind of tune everything else out and, you know, just beat up a bunch of enemies. So you're right. It's really the cutscenes that are pulling it. I do feel like the the voice acting in this is a lot better than it was in Breath of the Wild, even though it is the same voice actors. I really feel like they stepped up their game. Um, We're seeing, like, a lot more emotion in the characters um the uh i I feel like this might be an unpopular opinion but piloting the divine beasts has been a blast it is just so much stupid fun to wreck everything i know you guys probably feel a little bit differently about that but that is just that part has been so much fun for me Yeah, for me, um, I more of the same thing. I really do like the cutscenes. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not much of a Warriors game as well. But once I just like committed to this game and kind of clicked with the game loop, I like the game loop a little bit. Now that I feel like I, I got it, like I got the game mechanics down, I was like, okay, I just go to objective, objective. You try to fight down the big captains in the outpost, blah, blah, blah. Once you get that down, it's just a super cool, chill, grindy game. It doesn't feel too hard for me. Maybe the bosses feel a little intense and you have to pay attention a little bit more. But in the missions, 
by now, chapter four, I'm very efficient. Okay. It's like, okay, I know how to move the characters. I know where to go. And I know kind of my combo moveset I need for this specific character and just go for it. And I feel like you can't really mess up, right? With the gameplay. You can't really like, oh, you press the wrong button, maybe a little bit when you're trying to attack them or whatever, but you could just button mash all the way through it. There's the strategy, but then there, you can also cheese the bosses too, if you want to, by by freezing them and attacking. Yeah. Yeah. So there's strategy and it's, you know, you're right. It's not hard. So I was surprised that I'm liking the gameplay more than I thought. And I, and I think I need to reevaluate myself with warrior style games. And, you know, when I go to like Fire Emblem Warriors or even the previous Hyrule Warriors, I need to think about, okay, this is like, I probably like this gameplay more than I think I do. There's a lot of Warriors games. If you want more, you're yeah. <laughs> busy for a while. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it, as it applies to the cutscenes, like I think those are probably a highlight of this game, at least for me. And I think it's not just that they're longer and not just that there's actually a significant portion of the game is, you know, is cutscenes like Breath of the Wild is maybe what, one to 2% of the game was yeah, cutscenes yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, it, there's a confidence here on display we didn't see in Breath of the Wild. Like, it feels like they know what Breath of the Wild is now, and they're not afraid to get a little bit silly with it. Like, I think one of my favorite characters I've seen so far, or favorite set of characters, is Robbie and uh, Pura, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Those, they're just so fun to watch. And uh, they, they, the voice acting feels more confident, and I think it may, you know, that's partially the voice actors being more comfortable, probably direction, but also just realizing, like, hey, this isn't a mainline Zelda game. I mean, it is and it isn't, but I think they're realizing go a little bit more off kilter with this one, lean a little bit more to the silly side of things, and that's really fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way they capture like the the kind of ideas of Breath of the Wild, or at least the um, you know some of the you know visuals or aesthetic of it, yeah, uh, I think is really smart, like. Basing everything around the world map, which looks just like the one in Breath of the Wild. Great decision there. Um, and it makes it feel pretty much as elegant as it could, given the fact this is a Warriors game. And it's sure. not as different <laughs> as it could be the Breath of the Wild. Because so many of those icons on the map replace menus and stuff that you dove in on Hyrule Warriors, right? These are exactly. other menus that you had to surf around and zip through and keep clicking A. And now they feel tactile and they feel like you're making progress towards something. And in a lot of ways, they're the same thing. They're just like little unlocks that you get as you earn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting it as a part of the map and giving it, you know, a lot of the stories have like little sentences of dialogue as to what you're doing and why they're there. Just giving that meaning makes it feel, I think, so much more important while you're doing it. I do love, I want to go back to what Andre said about um, the world just being so true to Breath of the Wild too. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go back to each level to where um, it's like when it was Hyrule Castle Town rebuilt, Lon Lon Ranch rebuilt, and just go through and kind of see everything, what it looked like beforehand, like seeing the Great Plateau in the background of some of the shots, going through like what the houses looked like. Like, it's it's beautiful and there's a lot of detail there. Yeah, I mean that's one. Of, that's part of the fun of it is like it's filling in a gap that we didn't have. I, I've said before, I felt like some of the more, some of the most interesting parts of Breath of the Wild was a part we didn't get to play. Like it's like what happened a hundred years ago? What happened in the past? And uh, you know, it, it, it's clear early on that we're not going to get the full all the answers there. But it's still mm-hmm. interesting to see the state of the world. Um, you know, back before what ended up happening over the you know next few or over the next century. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's fun to see that. It's fun to see the characters interacting with each other, uh, which is something we didn't get a whole lot of in Breath of the Wild. Like we're seeing the champions now interacting with Zelda and, you know, uh, I, I presume the other champions at points, uh, that again, is something we didn't really have before. So there's just, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Whereas in Breath of the Wild, the, you know, the, there wasn't much of the way in, uh, in store or of story at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've got a few gripes that I want to get into. Um, <laughs> but before I get there, I want to go to your champions moments, Rebecca, because I really enjoyed them. They're they're really great in the sense that they really, and I think you guys are going to find this later in the game. The champions moments really paint a picture for how strong the champions are and how much destruction mm-hmm. they can do. And then also, when you pair that with some of the cutscenes and stuff you get later, how strong of a force they were up against Calamity Cannon coming back. And it really raises those stakes for me, both visually and, and in gameplay, in a way that I never thought of when I was playing Breath of the Wild. You know, like you hear about it, you know that it happened, but I just kind of thought Ganon came back, swipe of the sword, everybody's dead. Like mm-hmm. there are Lord of the Ring-esque, you know, like uh, – I'm trying to think of the word just counts, you know, stakes at risk here. Like that's kind of what you're dealing with. And I think putting you behind the wheel of the champions helps that set in. Um, I just wish they weren't, I wish they weren't so clunky. I think the moments Mm -hmm. are kind of clunky overall. Um, I wish they had a little bit more gameplay to them. And Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, and I I guess this is really hard to do with scale. I don't know how I'm going to say something, but I don't know the fix to it. I kind of hate that you like shoot these little dots on the map and you really can't see them and you really don't know what's going on you know like i kind of wish it was i don't know i wish maybe they were accompanied by like little cutscenes or something like in between just to kind of vary it up a bit because it is kind of like a a minecrafty little sandbox they just kind of drop you in they're like just blow some stuff up right and that's everyth- what's fun about it and everything's like super <laughs> low res and super flat and you're like i guess this is yeah i guess this is what we're doing why were we doing this the whole time where were these things <laughs> Well, that's, I think, what begs the question for me, and I, uh, obviously the story will get there, but when I was piloting the Divine Beast for the first time, I did um, the Rudo one first with the big elephant, Mm -hmm. um, thinking, oh my god, like, they have these four powerful divine beasts like how could they have lost this war um so they, you of, see you know begs the question of why so yeah, yeah i'm out. sure i'm sure i will find out why and some of them are really fun i wish so like you can do like the trample moves and you can do the the you know like you can rear up and break some stuff and i wish there was more of that to the levels um mm-hmm. either like one or the other way like i wish there was either more complexity to completing yeah. those levels or they were just a little easier to control. Either one of those yeah, would that. have gone a little bit further, I think, mm-hmm. um, in those missions. It also, I'll save it. I'll save it. Anybody else? I think uh, I, I'll gripe a little bit more about the pilot missions. <laughs> I am probably the furthest like away as a Zelda fan than e- either of all y'all. So these beasts and these pilots, they don't really do anything for me. And I think of a lot of the times, okay, let me try to reskin in my head. What does this gameplay mechanic is? And I'm like, this is a really not a great, well thought out on rail shooter. That's kind of like there. There's some like just fixed attacks that stops and does things. And I'm like, I feel like a, and I, I'm being serious. I'm, I, I'm thinking a college student or something or a, a group of college students can probably program this just fine. Like, see, I like, just see it more as really like simple. a like a little mini game to break up the regular gameplay. That's I don't exactly think it's supposed they're... to be mm-hmm. taken as anything more than that. Yeah, it's just, you know, when I look at it and is the grand scale of it. Yeah, it's a big beast in in everything, but just trying to see what I'm trying to make out these enemies way far ahead. And there's just tiny dots. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm making of this. What is that that's trying to attack me? And it's like, okay, let me just press some buttons and and be fine. (laughs) And I really just look at the attacks I'm doing and then the mini map. Okay, I'm supposed to hit those red dots, right? Okay, cool. 
and and that was probably my least favorite part of the game so far so the way you're talking about the divine beast is so it sounds like how i play the rest of the game <laughs> i feel like i'm just looking at the mini map running to the next destination just mashing a bunch of buttons and moving on to the next spot mm-hmm. and i think that's why this game isn't quite working for me mm-hmm. um i'm just not a huge fan of like really action focused games and uh you know i was hoping the story of this would be enough to pull me through but i i mean there were times when i'm like i just can't do this anymore <laughs> i just can't put up with uh killing you know another thousand bad guys and like I'm, i feel like i killed more people in the first minute of this game than the entirety of breath of the wild for sure probably <laughs> not an exaggeration yeah, probably sure. not uh and, yeah, so I, I think I found myself like there are a couple moves in the game when you start performing them. Like I have enough time to check my Twitter feed and see what's going on, and it just loses me. It just I just don't find the gameplay that engaging. And mm-hmm. I knew this going in that this probably would be the case based on Hyrule Warriors, but mm-hmm. I'm still hopeful. Like maybe the story will pull me through. But um, while I want to see the rest of the cutscenes, I don't know if I'll put up like you know do- with dozens of hours more of this to see them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, for what it's worth, I got through the campaign in about 17 hours. Is what okay, it's clocked so it's, on my save file. Um, and I, I wasn't mainlining it either. I, uh, for those of you who think I was uh, rushing through it, I wasn't. I was playing this game like I would play any other game, right? I play a mission, a side mission. I typically like to go in over level to the mission that I was. When I completed the game, I was at level 70, I think. 71, I think that's where I'm at now. Wow. Maybe I was okay. at like 68 or 69 when I completed the final mission. I'm still playing. Um, but, you know, like I think that was pretty higher level than you need to be like i'm pretty sure i could have beat it faster if i wanted to andre that story is there but you will have to slog to get there um it's not throughout um i was there was a moment in time where i was playing this game like leading up to the finish where i was getting really like frustrated i was like i don't care anymore i want to be done with this already Mm -hmm. it feels like it's a slow build-up and it's is it slow till the very end yeah this okay um (laughs) no spoilers right i'm not gonna spoil anything this story spins its wheels for a minute a good minute a chunk kind of i would call like that before the final act you'd be kind of spinning your wheels kind of doing the same thing and i didn't like that and i thought we were doing too much of it and i kid you not um i went to our discord and i was like all right i'm tired of this i'm ready for this to be over and then the game hit me with this beautiful shot of nostalgia, and I was like, I, I'm all back in. I, I'm ready to play again <laughs> um, in a really, really cool way. But, you know, if it took me 17 hours to, to beat, it's probably 14th hour when I got there. So from like the seventh hour <laughs> to the 14th hour, I was kind of like, you know, it just wasn't very eventful. There were a lot of things. And so like my big downside with this game overall, not that I'm down on it. I think reviews have hit this game right on the money. If I had to score it, I'd mm-hmm. probably 7.58. I think it's a great, good, great game. You know, I just don't think it's game of the year, the best game or whatever, you know, labels we want to put on it. Um, but I very much enjoyed the campaign. I'm glad I, I played it. Um, I just think it wears out its welcome a little bit. It feels padded. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. feels padded. Um, and there's just not a lot of enemy variety. One of the things that I really yeah. wanted to tell you guys is I wish they would have done some new characters because yeah. here's the I thing. I wasn't expecting them to add enemies. You're going to fight Lionels and Hinoxes and stuff. And fighting Lionels, Andre, as opposed to the combat you're talking about, super fun, at least to me. Like with mm-hmm. this much tactile uh, combat, you know, like agency that you have over the player, I like fighting Lionels in this game in a way that I didn't like fighting them in, in Breath of the Wild. I just feel like I have so much more control over that 
limited experience, right? I don't think I even I even killed one in Breath of the Wild. So I'm, I don't know if I should be afraid or excited <laughs> to take on one. They're of tough, game. but you just have so many more tools at your disposal, yeah. right? Um, so they're a lot of fun. Um, but here's the problem. Um, I'm going to talk about enemy types, but so I'm not going to spoil anything, right? But you're going to fight Lynels, you're going to fight Hinoxes, you're going to fight the villains in this game a lot. You're going to fight them, and you're going to kill them, and then they're going to come back. And then I've they're going to come them. back I've as... I've noticed some of them coming back mm-hmm. already. Elemental oh. versions of themselves, and then they're going to come Great. back with doubles of the same thing. And it's just, you're just going to notice, you're like... Yeah. I have fought this person 17 times. And then they, I've kind of seen them already making it um, harder artificially by just having more of those enemies on screen at Mm -hmm. a time. That's exactly where it's going to go. I don't feel like the original Hyrule Warriors went there. Yes. You'd fight, you know, Volga more than once. Yes. One time he was covered in flames and the other time he wasn't, but I felt like there was enough variety that it didn't feel so repetitive. I don't remember fighting Volga more than, I don't know. And I'm probably wrong. A handful of times, three, right? Like you fought him once and he flew away and he fought him again. And then you had like the final fight with him. I fought somebody in this game often, <laughs> like over. And I'm like, every time he showed up, I was like, dude, are we not done with this already? I have beaten you dozens of times yeah. by now. Um, and that was really, that that's it's frustrating. It was frustrating to be so close to the end of the game. And they're like, do it again. <laughs> Why? Why are we doing it again? Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're just going to get a mm-hmm. lot of that. And then the blood moon rises. And is that in this game? <sighs> Apparently. Spoiler. No, I don't. I, I, I don't know. Who knows, Andre? <laughs> Nobody knows. Um, so <laughs> Not too far if they have. <laughs> my, that's, probably my, that's probably my biggest issue with the gameplay. Just the design of the game is that there's a okay. lot of it. And it's repetitive in a way that I didn't find the original Hyrule Warriors because I think they had so many different storylines and timelines and different paths. Gotcha. That it, maybe it was the same stuff, but it felt different. This doesn't. You're still Link. <laughs> you're still the champions. You're still fighting the same dudes, basically on the battlefield, the same battlefield that's been going on. I just want to talk about like the extra side mechanics there in the game that are outside the battles. Yeah, namely, yeah. I think, uh, you know, namely the the place where you pay money to level your characters up. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that That's a thing. Is it like the military you open, training? Yep, yeah, you open up the training, training grounds, yeah. you open up uh, different shops and things like the that. The different shops, yep. yeah. And then the main one is like fusing your weapons to make them stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so my main gripe with that, it, it just felt like this game was not balanced from the beginning with the levels. And I feel like you kind of need to do the side missions in order to level your characters up. And with so many characters... Uh, you're going to still have to pay money to increase certain levels up. That's and it's like, okay, I got to do the side missions. Okay, yep. I got to get all these extra uh, weapons from these missions. Okay, then I'm going to have to fuse them together. Is there any sense to fusing like one particular weapon or the other? Not really to me. And so I just kept like just stacking them into it's one. It's play styles, right? Like if you want to have a, yeah. a certain look or a certain type. Yeah. Right. Like if you like yeah, two weapons versus one. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I just felt like all of this stuff is like, okay, this is kind of just there. It's not really thought. I so or badly want to bring up every RPG where you've grinded every level and everything Let's and every go. weapon for Let's every go. game for the last six months, Garrett. How are you going to do Name this to me? How Name are you going to do this to me right now? I'll defend myself. Let's go. <laughs> well, so, so the repetitive nature of the stuff that I brought up before, also the story. 
Um, the story mm. has some really cool moments. Um, I fully expect Rebecca to really enjoy this story, but it's got time travel, which we knew from the demo, which mm-hmm. we've all seen speculated. It's there, which means it's not canon. And we are going back to the future. Yep. And we knew what it was. And then the way that they did it, I don't want to say I don't like it. I just want to say that I wish they wouldn't have done it. Does that make sense? Because the story I enjoyed, like, there are moments that are really nice and charming and you get to know about these characters and it's great. But it's like, is this what I wanted when they announced this game and we thought what we were getting was what we were getting? This isn't that at all. It's it's kind of weird because in a way it still is canon. It's just not as nearly as relevant to the story we thought we're getting yeah, backstory exactly. on. Um, we another so, Hyrule Historia 2 going on over here. So. <laughs> now, again, I can only speak from my perspective all the way into the second chapter. So I don't know if things change at any point or whatever. Um, but I do think that from what I know, based on what I've played, that the conceit that this is effectively a different timeline yeah. does kind of go against, I think, what most people's impressions of the game were when it was first revealed. Being like, hey, find out about the events 100 years ago. It's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And it's like, oh, but by the way, it's kind of like in this alternate history way type thing where, you know, it it, it I, I, it's just kind of weird. And um, it's still canon because it's still happening in this timeline to these individuals, but it's not particularly relevant to the Breath of the Wild that we played through um, because those characters, as far as we know, are still screwed. <laughs> yeah. Like anyone who died in the last hundred years, yeah, they're not, com- they're not, com- they're not coming back. Um so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's still, I, I imagine it's still possible to enjoy the, st- the story on its own merits. I have been so far, but it is weird that it doesn't tie in nearly as much as we expected it to. Remember we debated whether Hyrule Warriors 1 was canon or not, whether it was a Zelda <laughs> game or not. It totally we is. We can just throw, if, if we didn't like this, we can just throw this in the it's not canon <laughs> garbage pile. <laughs> uh, my last two bullet points are actually pretty fa- pretty quick ones. Uh, performance. Yeah. Um, especially the starting game. Here's the, inter- here's the interesting thing about the performance. <laughs> um, that opening level might be the worst. It yeah. gets significantly better later. It really does. And I don't know why. Because It was a bold move starting the demo with that level. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are later sections where there are a lot of enemies on screen. I was mm-hmm. legitimately taken aback. Like, man, there is just waves. Like, I'm going to have to really... You know, like you pause the game, give that that hand a flex like, I'm going to have to do Cracking this. Knuckles. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it was really impressive how dense some of these battlefields get to be later on. And they run great. They run fine. I don't know what it is. I, my dumb self wants to say like, maybe they can't do water and grass at the same time. <laughs> like, but whatever it is. Yeah. Like the, those outdoor natural areas where you have flowing water and grass seem to be the worst parts. Yes. Um, and you do have those levels later and they seem to be worse and the DQ tree still doesn't run great. Like I was a big thing when I got there. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They still haven't <laughs> fixed this area. That yet. was my worst area too. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to basically have breath of the wild, you better have a lost woods. that doesn't run at all. So <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> they're they're being true there. to the, uh, to the original criteria. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's very, very good. Um, yeah. So the performance was, was okay. Shaky at best. It's and, uh, playable. I think it's playable. I mean, later on, it actually does get quite good. Um, My last gameplay thought that I had, my last bullet point is, I wish that there were more varied winning conditions. The winning conditions for the maps are largely the same. And uh, they're capture the keeps, defeat the the bad person, go on to the next one. 
I think that's just this type of game, though. That's Isn't this what it is in most Musou games? It is, but Hyrule Warriors and other Dynasty Warriors games often will throw you some curveballs. Maybe you've got to fast travel mm. around the map, collect some things. Maybe you've got to defend multiple points at one time. Um, I remember the Hyrule Warriors was a particular mission where you have to defend two places as Link mm-hmm. and Zelda on the opposite sides of the map. Mm-hmm. And you have mm-hmm. to have kind of fight on, you have to toggle back and forth between both. Those just kind of ri- raise this, the tension, right, of the things that are going on. You yeah. know, there's not, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I just, I don't recall many of that, much of that going on in this game. This game is pretty much very similar. Like, get the keeps, defeat the villains. Maybe something comes out of the way, but it's pretty much it. I think that's why I think this game is very chill um, because it does it like it doesn't really makes me feel tense at all. It's like, OK, I could just take my time, command my characters where they needed to go the most efficient way that I can. And I remember you uh, like Fire Emblem Warriors. You had to defend like multiple like defense points. I remember the, the original Hyrule Warriors. You also had to like you had to uh, protect like the, 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 the bomb cats. What are those called? Cat things from Ocarina? Bomb shoes. Bomb shoes. Thank you. Yeah. You had to protect those as they made their way mm-hmm. around to blow up like bridges and stuff to cross gaps and things like that. There just seemed to be a lot of variety um, yeah. in those things that I don't didn't have a whole lot, you know, with this. Yeah. There's some. I'm not saying it's not there at all. There are occasionally some things, but it's just not a big part of the game. Um, and I think that could have really helped the game out a lot if there were. Gotcha. The only thing that you haven't mentioned that I've been having a problem with is the map, because I really like having the mini map in the bottom of the screen, but to me, it's useless. It's either zoomed out way too far or way too far in. Mm, okay. um, and I, I really rely on the map. And even when I pull open the map and I, I, you know, I press the menu to open it, it's still not very helpful because you can't kind of scroll into where, what size you want it to be. So I've been having trouble with navigating sometimes in very large areas because the map stinks. <laughs> I agree with that, actually. I mentioned that I was playing off the map earlier and maybe I shouldn't be because it's actually pretty <laughs> difficult. It's so far zoomed out, it's hard to see the uh, the pathways and how they connect exactly. And maybe it's just me, but I kept wanting the map to be, uh, um, I didn't want it to be locked north like it is now. Maybe that's an option I didn't check. Uh, but I kept getting confused with, with the direction I was facing, the direction I was actually heading in on the map. So... Hmm. One of the options that's not there that I was, uh, you know, I was talking to Jeff Grubb, I mentioned in his review or in like an early up leading up to the game, he had lost a lot of progress and, and, and he'd basically just kind of like quit because he'd lost progress. He got upset about it. And I was like, wait a minute, you could save in the mission, like in Hyrule Warriors, you could save in the mission. Yeah, you can't. He wasn't wrong. Like I, I went and looked at it because uh, some of these missions got long. There's some Wait, how, did, for, how like, did he lose progress? Because he just like he 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 just he, quit the game. He thought it uh, auto saved and he quit, uh, and it was just quit. restarted him. Yeah, from from the beginning. Yikes. And uh, you know, in the first game, you could actually save in mission. You could save a mission state, um, but in this one, you can't. It's not there, and that's something for folks to just know about. I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. It's just something to know because some mm-hmm. of these missions, I played some of these missions are over forty minutes. If you die, it's very confusing to me. I had to, I was streaming it and I had to make sure I was picking the right option because if you die, it says retry and then retry battle and then like exit scenario. I think it's, it says, Mm -hmm. um, if you want to start from the farthest that you've been, you have to hit retry. I almost picked retry battle thinking that it was going to start me at the beginning of that boss battle again, but that's to like redo the whole thing. So that wording is a little bit confusing. Yeah, that's backwards. If I I didn't have help there, then I would have picked the wrong one and I would have lost 
you know, the whole the whole level. That's what happened to Jeff. I think he said he was like in the loading screen. He was watching it spin and he like quit it. And then it, he lost the entire chapter and had to do it all over again. So, wow. yeah, something to think about. Good Anything game. else? I'm having fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having fun it. too. I don't want it to sound like I'm a downer. I'm just trying to be comprehensive. You know, I'm trying to give the, the mm-hmm. game the full coverage that I think it deserves. I enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. I'd have zero regret buying it. Absolutely none. And I'm still playing it. One of mm-hmm. the really cool things about this game that I know you're going to love, Rebecca, there's some post-game content, a lot of it. <gasps> and oh, um, there are there's story-based post-game content, if if nice. I if I may be so tactfully clever. Um, that's really good. It's really fun. And uh, you know, like you don't have those challenge maps, you know, with the old link and stuff, but you have all these challenge missions that you can go through and keep mm-hmm. grinding out if you want to and you want to grind up other champions and stuff. But I imagine for somebody like Andre, if you're not into the gameplay just at its core, you're probably not gonna do all that. Unless the post-game story is just Breath of the Wild 2, in which case <laughs> I'm totally all the way there for. <laughs> um, you could call it that if uh, if an alternate timeline, its own separate thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Anything else? I think my favorite thing about this game, I can really just go through some side missions and just mute and just play on handheld, like, just so easily. One of my favorite things about Warriors games are these are like great podcast games. Oh, sit there and listen to it right now, in fact, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You could just sit there, play and podcast. And yeah, you like, you're not having, as I mentioned earlier, like those winning conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in Hyrule Warriors, you had to pay attention to like the commands and stuff that were being barked at you the whole time. You really don't have to in this game. There's not a whole lot of that. Like a few times, maybe you have to like go save a captain or something. But I felt like we were doing that like six times in every map in Hyrule Warriors mm-hmm. where, you know, this this wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, we got a couple more questions here. But ultimately, my take is I like the original Hyrule Warriors much, much more than this one. Okay. Not to say this one's bad. I just I love Hyrule Warriors. We've talked about that, right? We've done our Zelda game rankings. It's one of my favorite ones. So mm-hmm. uh, the winner gamer wants to know if you could choose one Sheikah sleep power in real life, which one would you choose? I feel like <laughs> this extremely dangerous question. Andre. <laughs> What would you what would you choose? Oh my god. I mean, I've been talking about bombs so right? much, but I feel like <laughs> I don't know if I can go there. <laughs> um probably Magnesis. I feel like Magnesis is about as close to being like a Jedi mm-hmm. as you could get in Zelda. You know, just pull things close to you. So I'd be all about that. You don't like um, hearing what somebody's saying and just like freeze. That'd be good if you could right? if you could do it for longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's too short. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, what about Mag- you? Magnesis is a good one. If I like see something across the room that I need to get, just like bring it over. Like the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <It's over here. laughs> uh, probably Magnesis as well. What? I mean, that's the most practical ability. But I, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit differently. I mean, the uh, the ice ability with the big ice cube, I would be down for that. That's where I, I was going to go. If I can make smaller ice cubes off of it. Think about it. At I'm any down. moment you need some ice, just... You, you just go up and, and you're good. If you want, you know, those challenges where you, you have to sit on an ice cube, you could do that at party town, you know? What? So I was, not, I was on board with this originally, but you're kind of convincing me now. Like I've always yeah, thought, like, I've always thought, what was it called? Cryonis. Cryonis. Yeah. Cryonis. Yeah, I always yeah, thought yeah. that was like the heart of this game from Captain Planet. Like with a super lame power, you can make an ice cube. Cool. That's right. But yeah, like being able to like, you know, cool your drink instantly. You know what? That's kind of useful. It's a sweet I deal. Behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you're at a party. It's a real fancy, right? They don't have an ice sculpture. You're just like, <laughs> and I would just cheers for you. Think about pool but with Magnesis, I can just pull the freezer all the way to me. That's true. That's true. Breaks all the walls in his house as he does it. <laughs> <laughs> like Thor's hammer flying through the building. Exactly. 
Um, I now want that. I want that. I want that character. I want a Marvel character who can just pull the fridge to him. Um, Adam wants to know what do you think is the next game that Koei Tecmo and Nintendo will work together on? Probably another Warriors game. <laughs> Which IP? I, I've said before I would kill for a uh, for a Pikmin Warriors oh, game. Pikmin I feel, Warriors. I feel like they're already basically the same that's, game. That's you've got close, like yeah. a map. You're, there. you're fighting a ton of enemies, and you can send your captains to other places on the map. Mm-hmm. So just go all in. Just give us like a thousand Pikmin. Just chuck them at the enemies, and we're good to go. I don't hate. Little it. Little did we know that's the secret that, Pikmin yeah. Four game that Miyamoto was talking about four <laughs> years ago. Pikmin Four Thousand. <laughs> 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 either one I... um i feel like well i mean yeah i think i think another warriors game is is the logical answer i could probably see them doing another ip we've talked about possibilities for which one um it, it seems like the next step that they would take it I works think- yeah, I think the most I, I I think of it just the most logical franchise with Nintendo is probably Xenoblade Warriors. I think yep. a lot of people discuss that too. It's like that that's works. probably yeah the, the most practical step there. We had a whole For, video about other Nintendo Warrior spinoffs we'd like to see, and that was a, mm-hmm. that was a game that started it was Xenoblade Warriors. Sure, you could do all different kind of timelines, and you could have mm-hmm. two mixed with one, and bring X in. You could have mechs and stuff. I mean, that that's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, to say something different, although I know I've said this one before, so sorry, Shackers, and repeat myself. I would really like a good Fire Emblem Warriors game. I don't think mm. the Fire Emblem Warriors game that we got was good. I don't think it lives up to the Fire Emblem name. I would love to see them remake a Fire Emblem game like story as a fire emblem warriors game that'd be cool i think that would be really really cool i'd love a fire emblem warriors awakening um something like that would be fantastic so would it you like fire emblem three houses format but instead of the tactical gameplay is warriors gameplay would you like like that day-to-day type of timeline i I wouldn't hate it i'd probably still buy it and play it anyway because i do like the warriors games i'm like one of Mm -hmm. these gamers apparently that doesn't hate the warrior style games so i'm i'm i'll probably buy anything that they do with an engine Mm -hmm. ip to be honest with you um but i just want like when i think of fire when i think of fates and i think of awakening and how great Mm -hmm. the cutscenes were and how great the stories were how complex they were and the characters we didn't get any of that with fire warriors and what a shame that's true you know, like, and that's that's the Fire Emblem aspect that I was thinking Warriors could bring to it. And that's mm-hmm. what I want from Persona Warriors. So that's why I would like a good Fire Emblem Warriors game. I think they look at it and they go, we didn't do it as good as we could have. So let's try it again. Like, let's let's do it again. And let's remake something, something old, not, not Three Houses, right? It's got to be older than that. I would even say older right. than Awakening. Bring an old Fire Emblem game current by making a Warriors game and, and introducing people to those characters and telling a real Fire Emblem story. Um, mm-hmm. With the cutscenes and stuff, I would be very excited for it. But I can see that Xenoblade's a better pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, that's almost an hour of Age of Calamity. We hope that you are enjoying it. So keep playing it mm-hmm. and let us know what you think about our thoughts on the game um, in the weeks coming ahead. But we've got to continue on with the show. So jumping into this week in Nintendo, Garrett, take yeah. it away. Uh, so this is probably the biggest piece of news since last week. Uh, the new sequel to World Ends With You franchise. Neo, the World Ends With You coming in, uh, has been announced, is coming in in summer 2021 for Nintendo Switch. Uh, Square Enix announces their sequel to it. Um, And instead of a 2D action role-playing game, as the first one was, it's 3D action role-playing game, as we saw in the announcement trailer. Uh, Players will be stepping into the shoes of a character named Rendo as they unravel the mysteries of the Reaper's game in Shibuya. 
And then you can also check out the official trailer. They have just, they have gameplay in there. They have characters, they have dialogue, they have the style, they have everything in that trailer. So go check it out. I am very surprised actually that Square Enix announced this sequel in, in the timeline that they did because the world ends with you as a DS game. It's, it's an, it's an older title, right? It's been years sure. since the first game. And so I'm just, I'm just surprised to see this. I don't, I don't know about you guys. What are your reactions to this? Andre? Uh, I actually never played the original, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it's getting a sequel. And it's, yeah, me too. And it's cool. I mean, it's cool to see one Square giving fans that, and it's fun to see the reaction to that. But I think I don't think anyone really expected a sequel to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't have a much much to add myself, but it's just awesome to see the reaction and the positivity surrounding it, especially with Square Enix, which can be a little um, divisive these days. I feel right. like at times, yeah. I'm basically the same. I wanted to get into it, but I never did. But you're back on. I feel like this is a huge gap in my knowledge. I really don't know much about this game at all. It, it wasn't even on my radar at all that it could get a sequel. Guys, I have not played the, the first one either. So I'm right there with <laughs> We're you. We're all here together. Wow. I, so, but when I talk to people that are fans of the first game, they blew up on Twitter oh, and yeah. Discord. People seemed excited. Like yeah. people are really excited and People were just like, this is unbelievable that Square Enix is giving the fan service we're kind of needing with this franchise is this new game. They actually, um, they had a countdown or whatever for the past few days. And I saw the announcement was like an anime in Japan. I was like, oh, okay, it's just an anime. Then I saw this trailer. It's like, wow, thank you, Square Enix, for doing this for this franchise. I'm actually interested to playing this on uh, on my 3DS. And uh, let's see, oh, the, the first game and then see how this this sequel does hmm. think it gets delayed everything's probably delayed, right yeah probably what comes Bye-bye. out first this or bravely oh no bravely second is there it, it's a locked in day sure? it's been yeah no sure? it's del- locked yeah, come in on, come on come on don't do this to me <laughs> cyberpunk's okay? been locked in how many times <laughs> well cyberpunk's a whole different story here okay it's a big huge open world game that that's different bravely second they're, they're there i'm gonna keep teasing until it there. happens um, the other news story that has Black Friday deals are out in force for Nintendo Switch owners. Um, there, there are deals everywhere. You can get several first party games uh, on sale right now for at least 20, 30, maybe $35 off. Mario Bros. U, Link's Awakening, Mario Maker 2, Splatoon 2, Luigi's Mansion 3, Breath of the Wild, Fire Emblem 3 Houses, I think, reached its lowest price point. I think you pick it up for $26 a GameStop, yeah. $30 retail. I think even digital Mario Tennis Aces, Yoshi's Crafty World, tons of stuff out there. The eShop is also matching deals. 2K games are on sale. Devolver's on sale. Sega's on sale. Capcom's on sale. Borderlands, Crash Team Racing, Diablo, Catherine, Monster Hunter, Dark Souls, all that stuff is on sale. Super Giant games are on sale. Bastion Transistor, Hades itself is on sale. So. Get some Black Friday shopping done. Rob wants to know, did anyone jump on any deals this week? He said he finally decided to jump on Super Mario Bros. U. It's a great game. So, Andre, you pick up any discounts? No. Um, I, I barely have time to play games recreationally. <laughs> so, if I'm not doing something for work, I'm probably not playing it, honestly, outside of, like, Ring Fit and the Rare Exception. Like, I bought both of the next-gen con- consoles. I played maybe two hours of Astro Bot. I spent... <laughs> The only time on my Xbox <laughs> downloading games, I haven't played any of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, I haven't bought any of the uh, any of the deals yet. Uh, it, it, I mostly get you know, I play most of the Nintendo's first party games because we get reviews sure. code for them. Absolutely. But outside of that, I haven't had a chance to check out much else. Gotcha, Rebecca. This might finally be the chance that I pick up some of these because if if I um 
don't get one of the first party games at launch, there's a good chance that I'm probably never going to get it. That's just the way that like my gaming habits are. But I've been getting a lot of push to play Luigi's Mansion 3 and Fire mm-hmm. Emblem Three Houses, which would be Both totally out of like my comfort zone. But you guys are all pushing them on me. And why not get it now while they're discounted? I'm going to keep Even pushing. Even if I don't. I you, know. You need to play know. Luigi's Mansion 3 right I away. Know. Yes, I, I please. Yeah. I don't know if Fire I Emblem is for you. Off. I, I wrote off Luigi's Mansion because I didn't like the first one that much. It was okay. Um, but after seeing, I was watching Garrett play a lot of it when he was doing his extra mm-hmm. life stuff and it was look a lot better. Um, yeah, I don't know if Fire Emblem is my kind of game either. I, yeah. I don't think it is, but many people are pushing it on me. <laughs> I think Fire Emblem would be great for you to stream. Like with your streaming yes. channel and everything, I think a lot of people would love to watch you play Fire Emblem, myself included. But never played. I'm Emblem not going to recommend that because that's a bigger step. Luigi's Mansion <laughs> Three, top five Switch game. Yeah, definitely get it. I know. And, We've and, the, and the time commitment with Luigi's Mansion Three, it's like for me, it was like 15 hours or mm-hmm. something like that. Fire Emblem, I put in 120 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I would do classic, that. But like a maniac. Garrett was telling me I can put Fire Emblem on the easiest setting and let it play itself while I enjoy the story. <laughs> <laughs> which you I would could. do. To you be could honest. just do that with YouTube too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, the couple other things that I saw were on sale um, that are much smaller games. I think they're they might both be indies um, that I'm thinking about picking up. I've been hearing a lot of. Have either of you or any of you guys played West of Loathing? Yeah, have you played that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Mathman um, has been talking a lot about how fun that game is, and I've heard it's kind of like Undertale, which makes me interested in it. Like the kind of the quirkiness of it. Um, yep. the fourth wall breaking. Um, I think that's like five bucks right now. So I might pick that up. And then, um, I think super mega baseball is super cheap, which I've been waiting for a sale on that. I've been waiting for a sale on super mega baseball three as well. So if, if you found it, it's on it? sale three, the new one. I think so. Okay. I'll uh, check. I'll have to look. I saw up. one of them was on sale. Um, Garrett, you picking up any, any discounts? <sighs> Guys, I've been I've been buying too many other games. That's there's no such this. thing. There's no such thing. Look, uh, these developers have to eat, Garrett. It's up to us to help them. Yeah, uh, up to us to to give up all of our money. Yes. That's right. Uh, Slay the Spire for fifteen dollars on Switch. That sounds very enticing. I know it's on Game Pass for PC, but like having that on handheld, that's a perfect card game to to play on Switch. Uh, looking at these other games, uh, maybe Link's Awakening. Um, I, I haven't gotten that yet. And you so, didn't? No, I haven't. Oh, Garrett. I know. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I have, you can I have a lot of these games. Maybe Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna. Yeah. Um, yeah mm-hmm. I still need to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2 <laughs> before I buy that, probably. Um, yeah. I I don't know. We'll I, see. I picked up Mario and Sonic at the Olympics uh, GameStop okay. for $25. So That's I was really happy with that one. And then uh, the only ones that I would recommend, everybody, if you don't have them, go buy all the Devolver games. Catan Zero, Ape Out, um, all their games are great. Get all those games and get Golf Story. As always, get Golf Story. Always Golf Story. <laughs> if you don't, if you already have Golf Story, buy Golf Story for somebody else. Give them a $10 Why? gift card. It's like, it's like $6 Golf Story right now. Are you kidding get me? Get Bastion and Transistor for $7. Golf Story. Get better. those two games for $7. <laughs> That's a Chipotle burrito, okay? Golf, golf story's better. Donnie, the yeah. um, Super Mega Baseball that I saw was on sale was number two, but I just checked number three is on sale for $33.74. That's a little higher than I, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. good enough. I have one and two. Number two is $18. Yeah, I've got I've got two. That's the one I keep playing because I'm waiting for three. 
Um, Rebecca, why don't you hit us with some Shaq questions? Of course. Um, let's see here. Kyle wants to know if you could replace one game <laughs> of the year nominated with one of your own, what game would you replace? And what game What game would you replace with it? Boy, dare I say replace The Last of Us. <laughs> That's going to make everybody hate me, isn't it? I don't remember them all, to be honest with you, but the one that I would absolutely needs to be in there is Ori and the, well, the Wisp, which is mm-hmm. the game of the year this year. That's That's the appropriate game of the year. So... You replace any of the other ones. I would replace Final Fantasy probably. That's right. That's one of them, right? Yeah, the remake. I just don't do Final Fantasy, so I would replace Final Fantasy with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. What about you, Andre? I would replace Among Us because that game didn't even come out this year. It's like two years old at this point. <laughs> and uh, going by those rules, though, I, I'll, I'll stick to the spirit of it and replace it with a game that also came out or that came out last year being Ring Fit Adventure because I've been playing so much of that game recently. <laughs> that has been, okay, that's been a really dark horse. Wasn't that they came out with the sales numbers for this year in Japan? I think Ring Fit came in at number two. Yeah, it's, that's I mean, I, it's been amazing. huge during the quarantine, yep. I think. Ring Fit's yeah. a hit. Amazing. Yeah, the timing of it kind of worked out much as Animal Crossing did. It's like, wow, can't go to the gym anymore. What am I going to do? Oh, Ring Fit Adventure. All they're right. They're definitely going to do a sequel. At least like a, so. a, oh, a software so. box copy for at, le- mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for me, Game of the Year nominations, those nominations, like I played half of those games and I have not played the other half of them. Um, I, I'm content with them. I'm not going to like argue, oh, I there's like a favorite enjoyable game I put in there. I'm going to go to the RPG category, though, game game uh, of the year. And I disagree that Genshin Impact is an RPG. I, I disagree is is in that in that category i know some people will probably argue against it it's just like i've played enough genshin impact that's an action adventure game grinding loot i mean sure it's an rpg but not really to me put in xenoblade chronicles definitive edition like please that that's that's my argument there okay yeah, as for the game of the year ones, it's it's kind of what I expected it all to be. So I I haven't the only one out of the actual game of the year that were nominated. The only one that I've played is Animal Crossing. So I don't know if I have the right to replace any of them. I think they all are probably better than what whatever else I've played. If I this buy you year. Ori, will you play it? Oh, I don't. Eventually, I I haven't finished Golf Story, Donnie. If I gave you Game short. Pass Ultimate for twenty dollars, oh, I it's okay. These are all on my. <laughs> I will play them eventually. Unless you know it is. Uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> That's another one. People have been pushing on me that I will enjoy it and love it and cry at it. Or is I know. Or, or is I know. incredible. And I, I, yeah. I I personally hate it. As I told Jeff Grubb, I personally hate it that. It's not on the list. And I realize that the folks that vote on the list I don't thought, care about it as much would... as I do. But how that game is not even listed is shocking to me. It's so I'm surprised good. that that didn't get nominated over Hades. Usually they do the the one indie kind of mm-hmm. to put in the game of the year. Um, yep. I don't know. It was a toss up. Yep. Um, Kyle also wanted to know what is one game or series you have not played but would love to play sometime in your gaming career. Gonna go ahead and say Ori. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Andre, I'm interested to know you play so many games. What's the one that you haven't played? Uh, not as many as you probably think these days. Um, I, I probably actually Final Fantasy VII Remake. I I mean, I guess I've played a Final Fantasy game before, but I feel like it's been so long. It's effectively a new series now. And uh, yeah, seven remake 
looks like it might be the one I give a shot. So probably that. Garrett? Uh, for me, uh, Ma- uh, Mass Effect. I have not played a single Mass Effect game. And thank goodness that the remake of the trilogy is coming out next year. Garrett, so. you were going to love Mass Effect. That's I what I hear all the time. And it's like, this is like the R- most RPG you can get. It's sci-fi. And I, I, I'm sure I'll yeah, really enjoy it. I don't will. know how I missed it. To be honest with you, I'm a 360 person, and it's like these these games totally flew by me. <laughs> but yeah, definitely those games. I'm gonna say Terra Rising, Atlier um, Rising. Oh my gosh, Atelier Atlier Rising. Oh my god, it took Riza's. me a while to realize what you were saying. <laughs> Atelier Rising. Atlier Rises. You know that's a Kui Techmo game, right? It's <laughs> you love that company, right? <laughs> I'm oh just saying. Gosh. This is like some PSVG lore that yeah, <laughs> you gotta Andre, know. He, he rips me apart because I play this this game, and 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 I tell Donnie all the time that this is his favorite game of all he's time. He's talked to me about forty minutes about how he's grinding yeah. up every weapon, and he's over here whining about fusing <laughs> weapons. Just saying. Better mechanic. Just saying. I'll defend it. West 3DP wants to know: Do you think we will get any Zelda news at the Game Awards in December? Wow. <laughs> I want to say yes. Oh, you, I mean, you, know po- some, you got some inside info? No, I have no insight into this. <laughs> um, I think it's possible. I mean, I think I think next year is finally going to be Breath of the Wild 2's year. So it would probably make sense to show it off, especially now that Edge Calamity is out. That's the only thing that's given me a slight hesitation, though. It's like maybe it's still too close for them because like by the time of the Game Awards, Edge Calamity will have been out for, what, two, three weeks at most? Yeah. So, but then again, Nintendo's always been on, you know, right on to the next thing. So I think there's a chance. I'm not, I wouldn't bet on it, but it's possible. So that's a good way of putting it. I wouldn't bet on it either. I'm, I'm a little concerned. Who knows? I, I think you're right. I think this year was the year. I think, you know, this year was the year for Breath of the Wild 2. The question is, how much has COVID impacted that, that year? Right. So significantly, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. So that's the, that's, that would be the big question. Are they ready to show it? Are they ready to do it again? You know, especially with like E3 kind of up in the air and stuff like they can do their own direct whenever they want. But they've always typically supported the Game Awards with at least a big announcement. Mm-hmm. Last year wasn't last year really disappointing. I can't remember anything that they announced last year. I know they did, but I can't tell you yeah, what it was. Was it Marvel game there that? Oh, or, it might have been. Yeah, I've lost track of time. But, but in years <laughs> past, they've done like Tropical Freeze. They've done Breath of the Wild. They've done okay. several games there in the past i mean there was the year where they showed off zelda wii u on a screen like 12 feet away from the camera true it could be i i I don't know i think it's more believable to like release as a trailer randomly like in the middle of the game awards not even part of the game awards just like (laughs) here's a trailer in our youtube Mm -hmm. there it is (laughs) would they do it let me ask you this Hmm. would they do it if they were also going to showcase any bayonetta info Oh, I don't think so. It's one or the other. Well, they wouldn't do both. If that was the case, then I would almost make the claim that I think Bayonetta could be shown first then. Because it's been a yeah. while. Like, we haven't yeah. seen anything. It's been like Bayonetta. two or three Game yeah. Awards three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I could see that being, like, the big surprise. Like, let's get people excited about Bayonetta again. You, I mean, usually at the Game Awards, it's something that, because uh, it's a much different audience, I think, than what would tune into a typical Nintendo Direct. So you're right, they would want something that's going to hit, you know, a broader broader audience there, I think. So yeah, I would say one of those two if they do anything that, that you know, that exciting. Um, 
we kind of already answered that next one. Uh, Lower Legend wants to know if there's a PlayStation exclusive that deserves the Musa game treatment. Why did you ask this here? You can't <laughs> escape those questions, Donnie. You can't He's escape. He's forcing them. the PlayStation upon you. What about a God of War Musa? <laughs> oh my Please stop right there. Please stop. I'm just going to leave enough. it alone. I, I thought this was hilarious that he asked us this. Why is he asking? I think that, this that's question? a Donnie question to just pick on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, Zach threw us some between Wind Waker slash Twilight Princess this or that. Um, he wanted to know, well, first of all, which is the better game? We know Donnie's answer. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I thought we were going to go through all of them together and then answer. Oh, do we want, do we want to go through all of them so first? So he says, which-, which is the better game? Which is your favorite? And which had the most epic battle? Death of Ganondorf. So yes, Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda. So I will say it's the better game because it is the better game. It's by far a better game. It has better adventure. It has uh, definitely a better story. Um, my favorite is the Wind Waker. And I think it has the most epic battle. Dude, it has Shogun Ganondorf. Are you kidding me? Like that final scene in Wind Waker is stellar it's so damn good the people whining about those cartoon and graphics and they look amazing <laughs> i could totally do i would do a whole wind waker anime in that style are you kidding me like that it looks cool. yeah it looks incredible so that's my answer wind waker what about you andre what are we comparing i totally missed the first wind waker and twilight princess in three categories or yeah. better favorite final final boss fight Oh man, I think I mean I think Wind Waker probably take it across the board. I'm not a huge Twilight Princess fan. I wasn't a huge Wind Waker fan either till the HD version, but I really enjoyed that one. I would say though, I think I'll probably get the final battle. I actually might end up giving that to Twilight Princess. I think I preferred. I thought building up to the giant pig Ganon was fun. Um, I think wait, was that the final battle? No, that's not. That wasn't the final. It was part of the final battle, but I thought the the sequence for Twilight Princess was probably a little bit more epic overall. Though I totally, I, I mean, it is hard to top the very end of how Wind Waker concludes. That waterfall. Carrot. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty good. Do, do, I, you guys know me. I, <laughs> I, I, I have not played these two games, and I wish I did. Okay? I never had a Wii U, and I'm sorry. The prodding I, is you got to. I got to. Okay. Do I, This or that? You know what? No, I, 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 you've got to play them. You've got to play oh, them. Oh, i got to play them? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. I will. Um. Yeah, I I would probably mostly agree with what Andre is saying. Yeah, Wind Waker is the better game. It is my favorite of the two. I'm not really a big Twilight Princess fan either. Um, I think the death of Ganondorf specifically is more epic in Wind Waker, but the lead up to the whole final battle in Twilight Princess is probably one of the most epic of all of the Zelda mm-hmm. games. And that's coming from someone who really doesn't even like Twilight Princess all that much. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say if we had to say all, I would say Wind Waker sweeps it. Okay. We have got a couple more questions that look like they're specific for Andre. They are specific for Andre. Uh, Romulo wants to know what your favorite Sonic game is. Wow. I feel that's a troll question for me. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite Sonic game is actually Sonic Colors. I had a blast with that game. It's really good. Um, It is really good. I really hope that they update that at some point or make a sequel. Uh, It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, Sonic Colors. And then Wild wants to know, Andre, how would you, how would a stunt race FX Warriors game play like? I actually have an answer for this. There's actually a mode in stunt race FX that's basically a uh, it's you versus everyone else, like in a in an arena, you're just ramming into people. I'm like, there we go. That's <laughs> oh, that's no. the Warriors game. You're just driving into other cars, sending them flying. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> It'd be amazing. 
that wraps up our questions for this week. Great. Well, that's going to do it for us here in the Nintendo Shack. We'd like to give thanks once again to Andre from Game Explained for dropping by the Nintendo Shack and hanging out with us as we talk Age of Calamity. And uh, on behalf of Rebecca, Garrett, and myself, catch you next week, Koopalings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.